Are you ready for the end of the world? No, please no. <laughs> this is your community spirit. Show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the oh, world. Oh, I want that kind of world. Yeah, yeah, we can make those changes in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you on your community radio. 91.1 FM, community radio for Southern Illinois. Good day. Good day, yes. My name is Tree Song. What's your name? Uh, oh, this morning it's Or. Ah. Or the Energy Mon. The Energy Mon. And it will be all weekend when I go to the Illinois Renewable Energy and Sustainable Living Fair. Oh, in yeah. Oregon, Illinois. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, it's like the 13th annual. Yeah. Which is very exciting for me because I'm on the board and I helped start it. I was one of four people that kind of got together at the Midwest Renewable Energy Fair and said, hey, why don't we have one of these in Illinois? Now, I haven't kept it going. Hmm. Other good people have kept it going. Yeah. I was just the, what do you call it, the energy <laughs> helped start it. Yeah. So you and then I was it. like, oh, all right, I started it. I don't have to do anything more. I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> been, But it has been three or four years since I've been seriously actively involved. Yeah. I usually stay after and clean up because... They get a lot of volunteers help set it up, but not. I'm doing all this talking so I can look and find. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you remembered that though, because I like in my copying and pasting of happenings, I managed to not get that one in there this week, even though it's the week that it's happening. You know, we've talked about it for a month <laughs> every week, <laughs> but I missed it this time. Oh yeah. Well, where is the? New- You're gonna have to start. Oh, there it is. Radio show. Yes, I can go ahead and start if you want, though. This is. This has been going on this week. It's grassroots climate justice groups rise together in weeks of action, in week of action. As many climate activists and mainstream environmental organizations begin planning their trips to New York City for the People's Climate March in September, a widespread network of over 30 grassroots climate justice groups is already busy with the rise together mobilization. Now this is why you should get our newsletter because whenever you're it says something here, there's a link yeah. to more information about that. And so if you would like to receive our newsletter, basically what we talk about, but with links to pictures and videos and more info, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yes. All right. Back cur- to the regularly scheduled news. Yeah. There's currently no way on the radio to just shout out, click, and then you click on what I'm... <laughs> just like Maybe in the future, but not today. <laughs> just like Yeah. RiseTogether.us is the Rise Together mobilization. It's a week of actions that begin that began on last Saturday. So it's starting to wrap up. We don't have the full news in because it takes time to collate news, but we've got some news from it. According to the organizers, the actions are aimed at shifting the power away from destructive industries and back into the hands of the people. Perhaps most importantly, the mobilization is intended to put frontline resistance at the forefront, something that many involved in grassroots climate justice organizing feel the mainstream environmental movement has failed to do. Uh, I think there's some truth to that. Like, you hear about some climate activists, even on the news, and then you also hear about it from environmental groups. Well, part, part of it is mainstream environmental groups try to walk a centrist line. Yeah. So they're not considered extreme, even though right now you kind of have to be extreme to offset the extreme on, you know, I mean, fracking is extreme. Yeah, fracking they, is they, extreme. They put a bunch of poison in the ground and it causes earthquakes. 
um, two days ago, they had 30 earthquakes in one day in Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is from, I'm, what? Yeah, and we're right by the New Madrid fault line here, so imagine how excited and, that fault line is. And so be. that's extreme, but that's considered, you know, mainstream extreme. Yeah. And so an environment, a mainstream environmental organization who tries to offset that comes off as extreme in the other direction, and then they don't get reported in the news, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's They don't get reported in the other news, but here on Community Radio, we report it. <laughs> Yeah, we talk about all kinds of weird things because yeah. we are part of the community. We are. And so what the community wants to listen to, well, yeah, I mean, there's only 30 community radio stations in the nation. Yeah. And what are there, like three in? I think we've got a third one now in Illinois. Okay. So. Yeah, we're pretty lucky. I mean, a, a town the size of Carbondale, lucky to have a radio station like this to share all this news. Yeah. And not to mention all the music. Most of it is music, and it's a pretty good station. I kind of listen to it sometimes. I mean... Yeah, I do. I listened to it when I was overseas, even on the Internet. <laughs> so, quote, back to the news. Yeah. There are a lot of groups across the country that are working within this movement that don't get a lot of media attention and that don't get taken seriously, end quote said Abby Stoner. Well, come on. It's just like, I'm sorry about that one. It just, it's, it's not I'll be a stoner. It's Abby Stoner. Yeah. From the Blue Skies campaign. Um, quote, groups like 350 and the whole rally in New York are really great, but unrealistic to think that people are going to be able to participate in that. And highlighting the small things that many groups are doing across the country is a way to combat the more oppressive tendencies within the climate justice movement, end quote. Mm -hmm. uh, Blue Skies campaign, which already has held several direct actions to stop coal trains coming through Helena and Missoula, Montana, held a rally and an act of civil disobedience on Saturday to protest coal exports in their region. Mm -hmm. Hey, this has got article... Where did this come from? Yeah, this came from a source called wagingnonviolence.org, and it does mention local people and local actors, Yeah, it's too. like... It's probably why it caught my eye. So, yeah, Tabitha Tripp of Shawnee Forest Sentinels and the Southern Illinoisans against fracturing our environment. Or safe. safe. That's a good one. Yeah. They see the mobilization as a chance to build on the resistance to industrialized fracking that the Sentinels and other groups have already begun to uh, oppose in Illinois including recent banner drops at the Springfield State Fair and an action outside of a fundraising event for Governor Pat Quinn. And I was actually, when that was happening, was working in Peoria listening to, um, what do you call it, NPR. Yeah. And they were talking about how they were actually out there um, with uh, puppets and mascots. You know, so it was, you know, it became... I guess you could say mainstream news. I don't know. Is yeah. NPR mainstream news? <laughs> it's a good question, but it did make a lot of news, and it gets people talking about these concerns. But the event, I just went to this event last night. It was a showing of the film Dear Governor Hickenlooper. It's a documentary about fracking in Colorado that Trip hopes will mobilize more people in her area. And I, I feel like there was a lot of energy at the, the events because this documentary... It's all these little, they call them vignettes. It's these little five or ten minute snippets of one aspect of the fracking struggle in Colorado. 
And it's, you know, families that have to live in their basements because there's all this noise and pollution, so they have to hide in the basements in order to get away from it. And it's uh, like a woman who's an organic farmer out there who's got brain cancer and is trying to just survive in the presence of this pollution. It's really a glimpse, a sneak peek of what would await us if fracking came here. Yeah, why don't people just leave? (laughs) Yeah, well, people, they talked about that. That was... We had a Skype interview with one of the uh, creators of the film, and that was one thing they asked him, is why don't they just leave? And he said, like, well, they haven't chosen to yet. They want to stick it out and fight it. Yeah, I, don't think I'd, I don't think I'd want to leave here. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd want to leave here either, but, you know, it's... It, they turn it into a struggle. If fracking comes in and there's all these poisons in your lands, then it makes it hard to live there. So, better to head it off at the pass. <laughs> An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. It, it was it was pretty interesting this morning i was writing an email to a lady in north carolina who just bought a piece of property and wants to live off grid yeah and she you know was questioning my ability to talk to her about living off grid i said well i have lived off grid 18 years mm. but to be honest with you i don't now yeah and the reason is i was finding out i was driving to town you know one or two times a day and it's like an hour round trip yeah so I could live away from the society and off grid, but then I was very much on grid with my transportation. Yeah. And so I, you know, bought a house in town so I could alleviate that and then slowly, slowly found out that, you know, I'm living on grid electrically and off grid bicycly. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> so. Pedal power. It's all about balance. Yeah. It's like, and unfortunately, our, we've spent a hundred years of a world out of balance. Yeah. So let's see if we can start balancing it out again. Otherwise, well, um, nature will say, Hey, humans, you're not part of us. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is forget saving the planet. The planet will survive, but will it survive in a place that we can live in? Yeah. It's getting close to being unbearable in many places in the world already. Um, last summer for a whole month here. Yeah. If we keep pushing in this direction, it's just going to be algae and lichens and who knows what else will survive. Well, there'll be a primitive form of human, I'm sure, <laughs> otherwise known as an algae. It's <laughs> just like, yeah. Big Coal's plans for the Pacific Northwest take a major hit. Doctors, tribal leaders, business owners, concerned parents, oh my, are among those cheering a potentially major blow to big coal. On Monday, an Oregon state agency announced its rejection of a permit for a coal export facility on the Columbia River. Now, this is pretty interesting to me. A lot of uh, the proponents for coal and for fracking talk about making, you know, the U.S. energy independent, the yeah. reason why they're doing it. But they're not. That's not the reason. I mean, they're doing it to make money. <laughs> yeah. Because the majority of this new stuff that they're pulling out, they're exporting. So here they wanted to make it a lot easier to export the coal out of the country. And the proposed Coyote Island Terminal is one of the three remaining projects being pushed by a fossil fuel industry to create a coal export superhighway through the Pacific Northwest. Now, three previous proposals have already been dropped. 
The Oregon Department of State Lands cited disruption to waterways and harm to tribal fisheries among its reasons for refusal, which makes future approval of the port unlikely, but still possible, of course, if the company pursuing the project files a convincing appeal. Quote, This relatively small amount of coal compared to the other proposal, said Casey Golden, senior policy advisor for the nonprofit Climate Solutions. But he added that the formal permit denial is still, quote, a very big deal. So, I mean, part of it was uh, a lot of Native American tribes came very actively against it. Yeah. And um, in some areas, you know, they're being very actively against the Keystone XL pipeline, right? I mean, they're setting up encampments because they started to try to build them through... You know, essentially another country. Yeah. I mean, native reservations are another country. And we have to get Canada's permission to build through there. Yeah. So yeah. why not? Why not the indigenous permission here? <laughs> well, people often forget, well, people often forget Canada as a different country. But people often forget that. It's America's hat, not really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they also often forget that these native lands are a different country as well. And it seems like a lot of the, the false fuel companies didn't bank on the fact that you know, it's, they, they got a politically favorable climate in some areas in the middle of the country to harvest this stuff, to extract it. But then if they're trying to sell it overseas, <laughs> you've got to get out to the West Coast and you've got to get, convince people out there. And yeah, I mean, you basically have to, I mean, isn't a big part of the Exxon, I mean, the Exxon, psh, <laughs> the XL pipeline from Canada all the way down to New Orleans is yeah. to load it onto ships to ship it out. Yeah. You know, and, and apparently people, Canada doesn't want to run it through them to the the edge. Yeah, Canada's got coasts. They they know better than to run it through their own countries. <laughs> it's just like, they're like, let's send it through America. They'll they're crazy enough to do it. Just like, and it's a I don't know. Is it a longer distance? It's probably about the same distance. Yeah. So, but it's more fun for them to send it through America. <laughs> just like, luckily, people on the coast though are saying no. We don't want our air and our land and our water polluted. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Here we're like we don't want our, you know, we don't have coasts to be polluted. Also, they've got one extra reason out west to fight it this next one's pretty interesting to me because i have a um a facebook friend and a fellow climate reality project um friend i mean i met him through the climate reality project Mm. i just applied to be a mentor for the next group of trainees but it's in brazil i don't know Mm. yeah if they because last time they paid for me to go this time, I don't know. Yeah. Um, he's been posting him and he's been following, uh, um, a lot of the native people in Nebraska trying to stop the XL pipeline. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of walks and, um, they have a complete encampment that's actually solar powered. They've put up a solar system on it and there's a bunch of teepees and so they've been actively working to stop, you know, the XL uh, pipeline and it's interesting because he just posted about how Willie Nelson and Neil Young are going to do this concert. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that, you know, he's involved in organizing it because he's there. Yeah. So. Well, cool. Well, and it's making the news, too. It made it all the way to southern Illinois. Yeah. So you never know what, you know, friends are doing if it's being effective. Yeah. So I'm going to send him a message said, well, you know, listen to our radio show. I talked about you. <laughs> just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Willie Nelson and Neil Young to headline an anti-Keystone XL concert on a Nebraska farm. 
Veteran musicians Willie Nelson and Neil Young are teaming up for a benefit concert in Nebraska to raise funds in the fight against land being sold for the ex. I keep saying Exxon. That's really stuck in my head. Yeah. Well, because you're still trying to remember all the misdeeds of Exxon. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, well, I don't try to remember, but it's Mm -hmm. stuck in my mind how Exxon, since 1989, has still not paid for the Exxon Valdez oil spill. Yeah. They just keep holding it up in court, and, you know, they tied it up, so. Um, Okay, a charity organization, Bold Nebraska, said on Monday, both a musician known for their ties to... environmental activists will perform at the Harvest the Hope concert on September 27th at a farm in Nebraska. Now, the farm is owned by Art and Helen Tanderup, who are campaigning against selling their land to TransCanada Corp to lay a pipeline that would carry crude oil from northern Alberta to refineries in Texas. Now, again, there's a whole encampment of people there now. Um, I saw a picture, and there was... Out- at least six uh, teepees. Um, but I don't know if they stay there permanently, how many people. But, you know, they've done a few, you know, walks across Nebraska to raise awareness to this. And, I mean, you know, um, Nebraska's Supreme Court will hear arguments next month in a dispute over the planned 1,200-mile planned route for the controversial 5 point Four billion dollar pipeline. Now the court ruling is not expected until 2015. But you know, here's someone who owns a farm that you know they can actually claim it for eminent domain. I mean, they do that. They said this is for the better good of the whole state, right? Yeah, and they take away his land, (laughs) right? And so they're trying to do that. Um, They've been. Essentially, you know, doing an encampment and doing, I don't know, civil disobedience, but doing uh, walks across the state to raise awareness. Yeah. So, let's see, did I skip any of this? No, I think that was the end of it. I mean, the main thing is the family's had the property over 100 years. Yeah. And... And now this company is coming just to put this pipeline in and taking their land. Yeah. So, the concert is being hosted by, of course, Bold... Nebraska, along with the Indigenous Environmental Network and the Cowboy and Indian Alliance. Now, this is a new one. Yeah. This has just come around to be really active pretty much for this pipeline. I mean, it it was around before, but I've seen it, you know, the Cowboy and Indian Alliance. These are, you know, ranchers and farmers and um, native people who all live in the most remote areas who want to say, we don't want this pipeline through our property. So Yeah, and it's great to see them coming together to do that. So, um, I wonder, should we go September 27th? <laughs> I might know someone who could get us in. I mean, and nice. it might be solar powered because it is, they have a pretty big solar system on their place. You know, so, yeah. um, I imagine they'll be plugging in right there. So, that'd be good. Be good to hear the two of them together talking about Keystone XL. Well, it'd be nicer <laughs> if they were talking about something else. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great if they could just get together in Nebraska <laughs> and just have a, a good party. You just know? Like, just, That's what that I never comes to, to my mind. The middle of Nebraska and a good party. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, if Willie Nelson's there and Neil Young, you know, I bet it's going to be a good party. <laughs> just like, 
That's one thing I often think about, though, is, you know, some people see activists working on these issues and they think, oh, they're just trying to create trouble. You know, they're just looking for something to do. There's all sorts of other things we could do. We could just go to Nebraska and have a music festival just for fun, you know. <laughs> but we've got to do one about Keystone XL because they're trying to take people's land and pollute everything. Yeah, I can't imagine having a farm for a 100 years and then someone says, up, oh, I want to put a highway through or, you know, a pipeline through your property. Yeah. You know, and you don't have a choice of the matter. Yeah, that's you know? crazy. Especially like this, the 5.4 billion. Think of how much solar you could buy with 5.4 billion. You know, it, instead of building that I pipeline. I can't even think of it. It's just like. I'm just picturing a field I've, of or, the panels that you can't even see the end of. Or even 5.4 million. Yeah. Huh. Billion, huh? Yeah, instead of wasting that on a pipeline, you could spend it on solar, wind. Well, here's, here's our next story. This one's really interesting. It's yeah, a, that last one wasn't interesting. <laughs> that was interesting, too. This one's a very personal uh, thing from climate scientists, which is a little uncommon. It's, are you there, God? It's me, climate scientists. That's interesting, because scientists generally don't... Uh, go for it. Yeah, they're generally so, you know, they're so sort of impartial objective because that's what their job demands of them. But here's this story about another angle. Hey, climate scientists, how are you feeling? Pretty lousy, it seems. A new blog called Is This How You Feel? collects handwritten letters from scientists who share their heartfelt woes, then juxtapose them with everyone else's at the hashtag Is This How You Feel? It's kind of like public therapy. It's kind of like reading homesick letters from camp, and naturally, it's kind of heartbreaking. I mean, I hadn't thought of that, how, you know, scientists are supposed to be unemotional and scientific with their writing, Yeah. correct? But then, you know, they realize how much this impacts the world, and so they're human. Yeah. <laughs> and how do they deal with the fact that people aren't listening to them? Yeah. That's one of the challenges of environmental communication is their profession requires them to state things in what sounds like a very dispassionate way. They're just talking about the facts. But they're talking about facts that affect the lives of everyone on Earth. Yeah, I don't like listen, reading uh, historical books mm -hmm. because it's all facts. I like reading historical novels. Mm -hmm. So maybe we need to start doing some more climate novels. Yeah. Wait, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. Cli-fi. Cli-fi. Really? That's yes. what they call it? That's what they call it. Climate fiction. And so it's it's taking all the facts and personalizing it in an emotional and, well, storytelling way? Yeah. Really? It is. So people are, like, buying this stuff because they realize that it affects them. Yeah. And it tells the story in a personal way. Like, they might not relate with a spreadsheet of the data about... Who peace. does? Come on. <laughs> well, well. Some of these scientists might... <laughs> But they hear a story about people's lives, and it does affect them. And here's some good quotes. I mean, really, it's good to go to the blog because you see these handwritten letters. There's something about seeing these physical handwritten letters that's impressive. Oh, really? They're f actual letters, They're actual, not just typed up stuff. Yeah, I mean, they've got a transcript of them, but they also show the image of what the letter looked like. Oh, man, I miss letters. Yeah. These are letters to, to the earth. <laughs> so here are a few quotes. You can see more on the website. It's, I feel maelstrom of emotions. I am exasperated. Exasperated no one is listening. I am frustrated. Frustrated we are not solving the problem. I am anxious. Anxious that we start acting now. I am perplexed. Perplexed that the urgency is not appreciated. I get frustrated a lot by the knowns, the unknowns, the lack of action. I often feel like shouting. But would that really help? I feel like they don't listen anymore. After all, we've been shouting for years. 
It makes me feel sad, and it scares me. It scares me more than anything else. I see a group of people sitting in a boat, happily waving, taking pictures on the way, not knowing that this boat is floating right into a powerful and deadly waterfall. Uh, we wish there was something more encouraging to say, but in the meantime, here's a letter to Dear Climate Scientists, We're sorry you feel that way. Don't worry, it's not you, it's us. We haven't been very good listeners or constructive communicators. And in fact, we've done a pretty good job of avoiding this conversation altogether for a long, long time. We'll try to make it up to you. Can we send you guys a care package? It'll have a bunch of throat lozenges for all the shouting and a big parachute for that nasty fall off the precipice. It'll have a flash drive full of cute videos of marmots and ducklings and baby, what is it, insednias? Yeah, echidnas. Echidnas. <laughs> There's links to all these videos, right? Yeah. And some chocolate because, well, that might be gone soon too. In the meantime, make sure to do a lot of deep breathing. As long as you've got good air to breathe and drink plenty of water, as long as there's still some of that around. And don't forget mm -hmm. to get some good rest. If you can sleep through all those fracking-induced earthquakes, sorry again. And thanks for everything, the world. Mm -hmm. If you want to share how you feel, and you can do that there, it says you can do that here or you can just tell us. We'll try our best to make it better. Yeah. So if you would like a link to how to say how you feel, send us an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, or give us a call when we get off the air, 457-3691 with the 618 in the front. Yes. Let us know how you feel, and also let us know how you feel about community radio here yeah. at WDBX. Now yeah. that we've depressed you about the environment, <laughs> yeah. let's tell you that we're working a really good job of keeping this station on the air. Yeah. Right now, we're raising funds to save our station, SOS. There's a WDBX fundraiser, actually, Friday, August 29th. Should we announce it next week again? <laughs> yeah, we'll remember next week too. Yep, it's at Big uh, Bruce Brothers Tap Room in Murfreesboro. So yeah, we'll get the party and raise funds. Yeah, that's what the station's about, right? Yeah, about having fun in the community, and you can keep it going with six one eight four five seven three six nine one. You can become a member and become a part of Community Radio. All right, see-through solar cells could turn your windows windows into power stations. Well, this says could. It already does. It does, yeah. I mean, it's basically, it looks like a window tint. And, of course, there's a few little wires through to collect that electricity. Um, if you would like the complete article, well, you're going to have to email us because we're running out of time. Yeah. And they've got ones that they say are so crystal clear that it looks like just a window. <laughs> so they're making advances all the time. Now, if we could just make bathing suits out of it. Wait. I saw a bikini once. I remember now. It was a solar-powered bikini that had LED lights built into it. Yeah, I saw that too. Not in my size, though, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So today is National Tooth Fairy Day. And let's see. Saturday is Ride the Wind Day. Oh, a good day for wind power. Now, Sunday is Vesuvius Day, and Monday is Kiss and Makeup Day. Got a lot of holidays. Oh, Wednesday is Global Forgiveness Day. That's a good day to celebrate. 
Well, Monday's kiss up and make up day. What's the difference? <laughs> I guess you take a couple days to make up and forgive each other. <laughs> That's about right. It'd be nice to take a couple days to like, it's like, um, Wednesday is also just because day. So not only global forgiveness day, it's just because. Just ask to be forgiven just because. Yeah. There, there's no reason. All right. Happenings. The adult volunteer literacy program. Did you know that there are adults here in southern Illinois that can't read and barely know the alphabet? Others find basic communication in English difficult. If you'd like to volunteer with adults learning to read, write, do basic math, or speak English as a second language, call John A. Logan College Literacy Program at 985-2828, extension 8414, and ask for Colleen. So again, call John A. Logan, ask for Colleen in the Adult Volunteer Literacy Program. Now, there is a mandatory training session coming up September 13. Volunteers are very much needed. Yeah. And I should do this. I've, I've helped kids learn to read. <laughs> and the thing is, is I never learned to read. I, I, I read profusely now. Yeah. But I never learned to read properly. So I don't know if I'd be a good teacher. Hmm. But I can inspire people to want to read, right? Yeah, I might make you a really good teacher. Because I didn't actually learn to read until I, I want to say I was about seven. I was a late bloomer. Hmm. But then once I started, I, there would be times at like 5 a.m. my dad would wake up and he'd see the light in my room and say, Hey, hey what's going on? I was like, oh man, it's just like one more page. I'm almost done. Yeah, just like that was me at one thirty a.m. this morning reading <laughs> climate fiction. <laughs> just like, yeah. Imagine giving the gift of reading to adults. That so, would be phenomenal. Yeah. So it's nine eight five two eight two extension eight four one four. And here we were talking about fracking earlier. Here's the No Love Affair with Fracking events. It's coming up tonight at six thirty p.m. at the Decoin State Fair. No Love Affair with Fracking invites you to join with activists from around the state. As we take our no fracking, no fair fracking message to the Decoin State Fair. On Friday, they'll be rallying over at the fair to let Governor Quinn and other elected officials know that we don't want fracking in Illinois. They're meeting at 6.30 p.m. over at the Walmart there in Decoin, and they're going to have banners and signs, but they invite you to bring your banners and signs too. The more the merrier. I mean, I know there are so many people in Illinois, especially southern Illinois, who are concerned about fracking, so... Anything we can do to demonstrate that is a positive step. And you can have no love affair at the fair. Yeah, we have no love affair with fracking. I mean, some people, some politicians have expressed a love affair with fracking, but that's their own deal. Yeah, we want that to be just, what what is it called? An illicit love affair. (laughs) Not not an upfront. Yeah, if they want to drink fracking fluid, they're more than welcome to do it. But the rest of us aren't as eager. Tonight, Movie and Pizza Party, sponsored by the Gaia House RSO, at 7 p.m. at the Gaia House Interface Center. Now, the Pizza and Movie Party happens every fourth Friday. This month's feature film is Only Lovers Left Alive. So, again, that's at the Gaia House, uh, what, 913 South Illinois, yep. tonight at 7 p.m. Yes, it is. I'm looking forward to that. And another exciting event tonight. A lot going on today. It's the Fall Folk Stravaganza. Coming up tonight from 7 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. over at Church of the Good Shepherd. 
515 South Orchard Drive. Fall Folk Stravaganza, Cousin Andy's semi-annual benefit show, is coming on Friday tonight from 7 to 10.30 at Church of the Good Shepherd. This show helps Cousin Andy's concert series to be able to pay their out-of-town performers, provide coffee and snacks, and keep their fine little folk concert series going for another year. It also happens to be a great show. The following bands will be there. The Dorians with Celtic music, Blackberry Blossoms with bluegrass and old-timey folk Americana, and the Transcendental Cowboys. <laughs> Transcendental with, Cowboys. With Transcendental music, right? Yeah. <laughs> Transcendental Cowboy music. You can find out what that's like by showing up at Folk Stravaganza. Suggested donation, $10 at the door. Doors open early at 6.30 p.m. and music begins around 7. That gives you time to get settled, you know, check out some of their coffee and snacks and such. It's every week, though. Is it? I mean, yeah, I think it's almost, Andy. yeah, during the season, it's, it's like almost every week. They, yeah, they may alternate venues with, uh, Cobden, but right. they have and a lot I going mean, on. they bring, you know, phenomenal out of town artists, you know, that you wouldn't get to hear. Yeah. You know, so it's a nice, and it's a nice venue, both the venues, Yellow Moon and Church of the Good Shepherd. Yeah, it puts Carbonell on the map of the folk world. Carbondale Community Farmers Market at the Carbondale Community High School, 8 until noon on Saturdays. Meet the face of agriculture and get the taste of all Southern Illinois has to offer. Lots of veggies, uh, meat, flowers. What else? All sorts of goodies. And oh, yeah. Meeting people in the community. <laughs> so it looks like we're out of time. I got to at least mention this one briefly. It's the Wildflower Hike. Uh, the next one is coming up on Sunday at 10 a.m. at Heron Pond Nature Preserve. You get to learn about the basics of plant identification. You can email botanizer at gmail.com for more details. They're starting at 10 a.m. at the Heron Pond Nature Preserve at the preserve, preserve parking lot and trailhead. And make a reservation because it's reserved to the only the first 20 because they don't want to overwhelm nature. Yeah. And so... And to get a chance to have someone lead you on a hike, so. Yeah, it's a good time. All right. All right. IllinoisRenew.org. It's the Illinois Energy Fair this weekend. Yes, that's exciting. You got t- two hours to catch a ride with me. <laughs> yeah. So, 618-457-3691. And give us a call to help the station save our station. SOS. Yes, SOS. We'll see you here next week on the radio.